0: sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Creative Visionaries podcast. Today's guest is a best-selling author, a podcaster, a lifestyle and finance coach, entrepreneur, and speaker. His company, Give a Heck, is on a mission to help people live life on purpose and not by accident welcome dwight heck to the show
1: hello thank you for having me on tori i appreciate you
0: so tell us a little bit about yourself i kind of gave like the high level introduction but tell us uh who you are what your company is and what's your 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 personal mission that you're doing uh to to affect the world positively one person at a time
1: well who i am now in my life is based on my past my origin um Prior to this, you know, I've been in I was uh, in the IT industry for many, many years. I want a computer consulting firm. And the reason I ended up 20 years ago, 20 years ago, actually last month, I had my anniversary. I got into finance because I was a guy that was living in quiet desperation. I was a single father of five kids, four daughters and a son. And there was many, many times That I felt helpless. I felt like I was on a hamster wheel of life. I didn't understand the rules of the money game. Um, I wasn't taught that in school. It isn't taught in most schools around the world. My parents, though very successful, didn't understand how to educate and teach their children. They always had the adage that, you know, don't share about finances, don't share about money, don't share about tragedy, don't share about anything with your kids. Because you know, just keep that all bottled up inside. So we learned that pattern behavior. I grew up into an adult with many of those same things, including, you know, the work ethic of my father, which was being a workaholic. But, you know, I'd make good money, but I'd spend it too. I didn't understand the inflows and outflows of money. And uh, I ended up being a workaholic. And, you know, at that point in time, um, I had joint custody of my kids, I had gotten divorced. But, Fast forward to a few years later, I ended up getting full time custody of them, and I was constantly living in a world of quiet desperation. I go to bed at night and I just be, you know, like, oh Lord, what am I going to do? Tomorrow is this bills due. Who am I not going to pay this week or this month, and who's going to get paid and who's not going to get paid?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, I'm terrified to log onto my bank account for fear of a zero balance, like you know, that sort of thing. And and I've you know statistically. 91 people out of a hundred are, are living that sort of life every single day. So 91% of people for your listeners think of going in a room of a hundred people, 91 people in that room, statistically, by the age of 65 in North America alone are dead or dead broke. They don't yeah. even make it to 65 or they hit 65 and they're broke. Is that what we want out of life? Yeah. And how could we change that? Right? So yeah. I was living a life of quiet desperation. And one day, I had a friend reach out to me at a major health scare, actually, just right after 9-11 happened. I had a major health scare and um, specialists that were dealing with me, including a neurologist, said you need to leave the field you're in. You need to stop being a computer consultant. You You need to move away from that. You're taking it. You're really good at your career. But you take it too close to heart. Fast forward, I realized now in the last few years, I'm an empath and I pick up on everybody's stuff and I take it very personally. So I had to learn how in the last few years how to deal with that. But back then, I didn't realize it. And it caused me some major health concerns. had a friend reach out to me who is still a mentor and friend of mine today. We've been friends now for 32 years. He helped me get into the consulting industry uh, for electronics and computers. He helped me get into finance. He reached out and said, your life is a mess, brother. He says, <laughs> I care about you. He says, I think you'd be great in the finance industry. I know things aren't working, that you're you know, you're know, successful in the IT industry. You need to leave it. So let's do something about that. He said, I think you should get into finance. You're good with people. You're good at building relationships. Before we do that, though, let's fix up your financial house. Let's teach you some things about the money game. Yeah. So that's how I got into finance 20 years ago. And you know, people say, well, you went for computers and electronics, engineering industry. You went to finance. Yep, I did. Because <laughs> <Sure> did. <laughs> the difference the difference between you and I is I don't have a wall between my mental. I don't have a mental barrier that says that I can't accomplish other things. Am I a person that was nervous? Absolutely. Yeah. I lived in fear. Tori, you and I both have lived in fear many times in our life. We can live in fear 20 minutes after this call about something. <laughs> right. Right. We, we, can. we can. We can have something that happens. So I work really hard to condition my mind and my mindset so that I can give the best version of me. So talk about year one of finance. I was nervous as nervous as all get up. And. You know, I, w- I needed to learn how to build relationships because I'd already had people take advantage of me in the finance insurance industry. I was a transaction. So mm-hmm. I promised myself I'd always be a relationship builder, that I'd always elevate people above my needs, that yes, I needed to make money. Anybody listening that's commission-based or, you know, you have to perform to get paid. You don't get paid a guaranteed salary. I feel you. But guess yeah. what? I found in my life, the more I give the universe to serve people and help them, the universe, God gives back to me. And I get, And the more I've realized that through the last 20 years, the more I serve people, something around the corner, instead of feeling anxiety about what's coming up or, or feeling depression, I know that around the corner, that corner could be tomorrow, it could be next month, it could be six months things are going to be good for me because I've served and helped other and been a genuine, caring person, wanting to help others live life on purpose, not by accident.
0: Yeah. And I think you touched on something very key there is that you, the way that you deal with your clients is not by transaction. It's a relationship. And especially in the finance world, that's almost like heartbreaking for somebody to to take advantage of somebody and u- utilize them as, as a transaction where this, I mean, they may have been saving their whole life savings and they take this to a finance person and, and it could just be gone in, you know, days, months, years. So actually building relationships and understanding who the people are and how you can genuinely help them, I think is like a differentiator for sure for you in that industry and, and in any, any industry, if you build a relationship and come from a a servant's heart, you're definitely going to be more successful than, than the latter.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I like the fact that you brought up the word differentiator, right? Because most people don't realize, like I was talking to a gentleman, I'm going to fly out to see in a couple of weeks. He said, you know what? He said, you are on the right path. He said, but when I ask people in your industry, what do they do? Or I ask a realtor, and and actually as part of the podcast that was live this week. The guy that my podcast this week talks about that he mentions the fact that and even yourself in digital marketing, like or whatever you know other facets of your business. When people ask you what do you do, how do how we respond is so key. It's yeah. usually very methodical. It's very robotic. There's no feeling in it. There's no connection to a person's center of their emotional state. we always think that we need to respond with logic
0: yeah most
1: choices are made emotionally Uh so if we can actually connect to people and differentiate ourselves by having a proper pitch and and pitching's not bad those listening yeah pitching is your responsibility to make sure that you don't leave another person behind Uh it is your responsibility people think that sales is the oldest profession on the planet you're in sales Mm -hmm. i'm in sales let's be real we have a product or service but we have to sell ourselves if you're listening to this podcast and you're at a job you're selling yourself every day yeah you're selling your time for hours like your hours probably for money uh-huh. you're selling yourself by the ability to perform being kind the list goes on so if we learn all this stuff and we work on ourselves constantly and can stay elevated above the noise of life and differentiate ourselves we get promoted quicker in a job we our businesses grow faster faster We have more stable clients that would never leave us. It's called loyalty. It's all tied around loyalty. It don't matter if you had a job or you own a business, you're an entrepreneur. It don't matter. It can be relationships. It can be your friends, your family, your significant other. People just want to know, like, and trust you at all levels of life. And that takes differentiating yourself from the rest of the norm that the sheep of the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Talk to me about your mission, right? So you, your mission is to help people live life on purpose and not by accident. So how do you kind of guide people um, to get to that point? And and what what are those steps that you give them to make sure that they're living life on purpose?
1: Well, one of the biggest things I've found in life is if you ask anybody, it can be anybody in your family, friends, somebody on the street, what do you want out of life? They don't have a clue. They're on a hamster wheel. They literally are going to work, go home, get paid. And I've been there. So I'm not judging anybody. And sometimes I fall back into that trap. But I've got processes that I utilize for others that I have to reactivate in my own center consistently to remind myself, what do you really want? Yeah. Are you living today present, Tori? Like, are you living the... Pre- I'll say to them, like, what's good about your day? Nothing. Right? So it's it's a mindset shift. So to teach people to live life on purpose... You have to work on their six inches between their ears. You really do their brain and does not know the difference between the truth and the lie. So you have to teach them how to, how to educate their brain on thinking differently of what they can possibly achieve. So it starts at actually appreciating your day. Yeah. So I start working with people on talking about, you know what, let's work on here's a simple little exercise. I'll teach you how to not ever have a bad day again. And they'll go, that's impossible. It is so possible it's the words you tell yourself because you are your biggest programmer of your brain. So instead of saying, I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad moment uh, and realizing that and having appreciation. I, and it, it sounds corny. Some people are listening to this going, This is BS. It don't, but does so work. <laughs> like I literally wake up. I have appreciation for my day. Just waking up as a gratitude, gratefulness. Right. And then I tell it by teaching to have appreciation for the day. And then goal set with them and teach them how to plan for tomorrow but appreciate today because you don't have a promise tomorrow nobody does but that doesn't mean you shouldn't plan for it there's people out there that just live by the seat of their pants going oh I could die tomorrow so I'm going to spend everything and be in debt and just you know I'm going to be living a life of addictions and television and go to my job and just they're always on that hamster wheel and if people are happy with that honestly i think that's sad because we are destined as human beings to have have so much more in life and i'm not talking materialism i'm talking joy happiness appreciation for what we do on a daily basis so once we do that i work into them i teach them how to plan right short term then i'll say to them we'll we'll go through a goal setting sheets and i'll say what do you want well i want this well what why do you want vacation where you don't have to live it on a credit card because there's so shockingly how many of us i've been there paid for a vacation and spent the next year two years whatever period of time to pay the sucker off and you have that dopamine hit of a couple weeks of vacation and then you have that shock and the dismay of the next 11 12 14 18 24 months (laughs) as you see your statement and the payments
0: and Does
1: the interest, <laughs> yeah. right? So you're paying interest uh, say, on your vacation. <laughs> exactly. So I asked them just simple questions. Why is it important for you to do that? Cause I, I know the answer they need to understand. Remember they're programming their own brain to truth. They're telling themselves the truth instead of living a lie and living in a facade of life and that quiet desperation. I want them to, cause the best person, the best Coachable person, the best client is somebody that needs that trains themselves, that takes that truth into their heart, into their mind, body, and soul, and makes it a reality on their own. They reprogram themselves. So, why do you want that vacation like that? Why do you want? You know, why are you? You know, I'll say to people, why do you feel that way? Well, I'm afraid that my husband or my wife's going to die. I'm afraid my significant other's is going to die. I'm afraid I'm going to die, and my parents won't be able to afford to do this. Because I deal with a lot of single people or business owner, I'm afraid of of this going on and I'm I'm not able to pay my overhead or I die and my business partners are struggling. You know, it's all the same thing. It doesn't matter. It's just that people need to understand, admit it to themselves and speak it out loud. Speaking it out loud goes into here. And then as they admit things, uh, then I can coach them a little bit farther so that that goal setting process, I literally find out, oh, what do you want for retirement? Oh, I'd like this. Where do you want to live? Oh really? okay, based on what you currently make and and you know how are you living now? Oh, I'm struggling. you know I'm living with more months than money. There's more days in the month than my money. <laughs> would you like to would you like to understand the rules of the money game in regards to inflows and outflows of money yeah. let's I'll help you. I'll help you budget and it's not hard. People get hear the term budget and they shake and go, oh, that's <laughs> awful. You know what? <laughs> Even the most successful people know their numbers. Yeah. Right. Even the, even the poorest people that know their numbers can live a you can have a, live a happy life. You can live happy as a thousandaire or happy as a millionaire. Yeah. it it, it, it But it's understanding if I bring in a dollar and I spend a dollar forty all the time, I'm living on a hamster wheel and I'm in I'm quiet desperation. Now, yeah. if I had to spend that dollar forty for one month because the hot water tank blew up or my vehicle broke down. Right. Then. That's understandable. But is my budget going to help me get out of it soon? Right? Is it going to have debt roll-up situations in there? Is there going to be in my budget saving for a vacation so I can go next year and not have it on credit card? Is there going to be savings for education? Is there going to be savings for everything? And people go, well, that sounds like a lot of work. Guess what? When you woke up today and breathe, that's that's work. You got work (laughs) for the rest of the day. But why not live a segment of your financial life and your your day and your future why don't you live it on purpose and it really starts with goal setting understanding yourself helping people understand what they want budgeting right the two key things in my business have always been for 20 years is helping people peel back the layers of the onion understand goal set for today plan for the uh, an unknown future because you can't guarantee it and then living a life on purpose and then knowing that hey 12 months from now, I can go on vacation based on what we've taught, you know, I've Dwight's educated, it's our responsibility to do it. And as they do it, and they see it every month, they see that account growing, or they see the fact of their debt going down when I teach them debt consolidation principles. And they see that, guess what their days are like? Do you think they have more appreciation when they wake up?
0: Yeah, they're gonna have
1: days where they struggle and they look at and go, geez, I was stupid for getting in that position but I'm going to have taught them things to stop them from thinking that that thought may came in, but I'll teach them things to make them eject that so that they live a more purposeful life. Cause I've lived that quiet yeah. desperation and I don't want anybody to ever live that again, but it takes work and effort.
0: It's interesting as you're talking, it's, there's not so much about the finance that you talk about, right? Like I know that's like the end, this is how I can help you. Let's talk about finance, but there's so much in the front end that it sounds like that you work on the mindset, the, you know, the goals, the education, the relationship, like what do you want? And, and how like getting to know these people so that you can make the best decision when it comes to their finances. And that just seems like a totally different approach in the industry that you're in. And I love that approach because People are so, you know, just um, conditioned to, you know, here's my money, here's my problems. Okay, well, here, let me fix it. But there's like a root problem to how they got there. And, and it really sounds like that's where you're kind of getting deeper and getting to know these people and, and really, truly helping them. And so, I don't know, I just, I thought that was very cool that I like that approach that you have.
1: Thank you. Well, again, back to differentiating yourselves, right? Yeah. It's like in your industry, there's so many people doing it. So it's so important for us to rise above the noise of everybody else being the same. Right.
0: So can you talk about um, wants versus needs? Because I know that's a big thing. I mean, when I talk to my kids, for sure, it's like, do you want this or do we need this? (laughs) Like, is that going to determine what we're buying? So can you talk about how you coach people with figuring out and teaching them how to understand differences between wants and needs?
1: Sure. I started doing that. Actually, I was never taught by my parents' school system again. You know, no no offense to my parents or the school system. Well, maybe the school system, they could have done some better things. But anyway, we won't we digress, <laughs> we won't go there. Um, I basically started with my kids and you know, living those days of quiet desperation and living that facade, I had to get past that. And they come up to me and say, Hey dad, we need a brand new pair of runners. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about this. What's wrong with the current pair of runners you have? Okay, well, there's a hole in the shoe, and I neglected to tell you, and it's tough for me to be, they're my track shoes, for an example. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that is a need. Safety, comfort, they're on track, you know, so that that has become a need now. Yeah. Well, oh, no, I have a great pair of runners. They're awesome. I just like this other pair, these Nike whatever or Adidas. They're just beautiful, Dad. We need them. Yeah. That is a want. That is not a need. (laughs)
0: Right. Right.
1: It is that simple. Or yeah. you know, people will say, "Well, I got a vehicle. I, you know, I bought this vehicle, and I want to put a better stereo into it." And you know, we're but we're going. They call me up, or I'm working with them brand new, and we'll look at their budget, and I'll say to them, "You know, is a stereo in your vehicle a need or a want?" And they look at me, "Well, what do you mean? <laughs> do you need that a better stereo in there to to help you get from point A to point B, or does the stereo in your vehicle currently work really well?" I'm just very kind about it. Oh, it works good. I just want more base. I want this. I want more flashy features. Okay. Well, that's a want. Yeah. Well, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, you want it. But right now you can't afford it. Oh, you can afford it. Okay. Go get your want. Yeah. Right. You save for your vacation. You've paid some money against your debt. You're saving for retirement. for your, If you have children for their education, you've got all this stuff covered and you have an extra 20 to 30 percent in a play town and you can do whatever you want you can cover your want and that's how I approach it your vehicle breaks down and you have and you have a 35 40 minute commute one way every day and there's no bus service you work in an industrial area of your city or your town there's no bus service so you have to have your vehicle fixed that is a need the stereo is a want the repair of the vehicle to get you to work is a need right so that's basically I just just like with my kids so i used to say to them you know initially to shock them i used to say to my a few of my kids i'd say here's the budget see at the bottom here where it says this month's negative you want this does it fit into this and as they only when they got older obviously as teenagers no it doesn't dad so all <laughs> right Start yeah. thinking about what do you need and what do you want, right? And what and and then before you come and approach dad, uh-huh. right? Because it, I'm teaching you to be thinking about stuff before you ask that question. And as they got older, I'd say to them, okay, I have to give you a shelter, a food, love, right? I got to give the, the basic necessities of life. What do you want outside of that? Every time you come to me, unless it's... The inside of this realm right for school and i need to support you or your extracurricular it's a want so what are you going to do about it getting a job i'm gonna get a part-time job oh fantastic Great right on oh yeah. does that fit with inside your schooling are you still going to be able to get good grades how are you going to get to your job can you bust there is it somewhere where i go drive where i can help you out once i just try to make people because you know what? Mm-hmm. I wasn't taught that. So as I learned it, why not educate starting with my kids? And then obviously I've used it on my clients and, and help them with their families. And they start yeah. utilizing some of those things with their own children.
0: Yeah. So let's keep talking about that conversation because you had touched on it before and you just kind of started to, but you know, why is it so important or why do you feel it's so important to be open and honest with your kids about finances? Like, you know, previous, you know, our parents, my parents, plenty of parents, generations before, didn't think that you know talking about finances was um, appropriate, or they shouldn't tell their children what's going on. So, what's your perspective, and how do you think that it helps prepare children, you know, for the future?
1: Well, we're all a combination of teaching and education from our childhood to adulthood pattern teaching. So, if you're a family, and you constantly hide about the fact that you can't afford things, but you always want to please your kids or you're pleasing significant other, or, you know, whatever the case may be, you're spending money when you shouldn't spend it. And you're living that stress and that grief and anger inside because it doesn't it. festers is upset and anger and you can't pay your bills that reflects in how you parent reflects at your job it ref- reflects on everything that you're doing by not understanding that it's okay to share that information now obviously it's age-appropriate sharing right? right you need to learn how to do that too you can't just puke all over your family and understand if it's never been done it's a it's a slow process but you can eventually get to that point because if you don't the the brokenness of your family your parents for an example if they spent 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 lived in in quiet desperation and were always broke but you always got everything and they used to brag to everybody oh we're going on this vacation and we you know look at our kids they got skidoos they got for those people that have, know snow what skidoos are um it's you know skidoo. they got yeah <laughs> <a> snowmobile right <laughs> So you know you got a quad or you've got a boat or you've got all this fancy you know outside stuff you got to, you know, and they're they lived their whole life on quad desperation. They didn't share. Guess what their children do? Their children get grow up. They've got a dollar. Getting all that stuff that mom and dad gave them is going to cost them a dollar eighty, and they're going to finance it all. They're going to be making payments. They're going to you know. Because corporations don't care, right? Yeah. They wanna they want you to be in debt. They want you to be subservient. They want you to trade your vehicle in every couple of years and get a new one and roll the roll the what you have left over on that depreciating asset into a well not an asset liability, yeah. roll it into the next vehicle and go forward and go forward. It's all about consumerism. And it's all about owning this and owning that. And then they live that life of quiet desperation. Kit never honest with their children. Children see that they have that expectation of having to vacation, this and this and that. Didn't know how their parents did it. They don't want to admit to their parents that they didn't know how to do it. So they developed their own guaranteed society is going to help them get into that same trap. Oh Here, don't pay a cent event. Come get this new furniture. Don't pay it for a year. Right. Right. Come to Ashley Furniture or here. How about we give you five years to pay off that couch? Yeah. Right. It's only $80 a month. It's only $80 a month, right? They get a raise. They get a raise of $80 a month, and they go find a payment for $80 a month. I've seen it time and time again. And then they're always living at the ceiling of their life. They're always pushed against the glass ceiling of their life, and they're feeling frustrated. And they just literally... So it's imperative that you break that chain, break that cycle, and educate your families or even yourself as a young individual, if you're you know you're listening to this, you're not married yet, you're just in a relationship with a girl or a boy or whatever case, whatever relationship you're in, you need to understand that you need to start out with a basis of honesty.
0: Yeah. I've sure.
1: had people got married and found out after they got married that their significant other had thirty dollars or $40,000 in credit card debt that they hid from them. Oof. Guess what? Is that a great catalyst to start to a marriage? no No. (laughs) right so those listening the sooner you're it's never too late to live a life on purpose and learn the rules of the money game and start educating yourself so that even before you have kids or if you have kids it's never too late to start changing the pattern that you've been trained since you were younger your parents didn't do it on purpose their parents didn't do it on purpose uncle and uncle andy and aunt sally didn't do it on purpose when they were helping you know when you've seen what they were doing and they were living in quiet desperation quit looking at the superficial of life and really worry about you right and what when you open the door of your life and look into it are you proud of where you're at you can be you're worthy you deserve to be proud of your life and it's just going to take some effort you got to put some time in the game just like you know I look at it it took you, let's say you're in your thirties or forties or twenties or whatever. It took forever for you to get to there. You can't expect it to fix overnight. It takes effort, right? It takes time. You need a good mentor and coach to help you through that process to help you stop making excuses and admit to yourself that you need some help. You need to elevate and start climbing and stop being camped in life.
0: Yeah. Well, Dwight, I mean, you've shared some excellent, you know, advice and tips and, insight. And I think, you know, uh, there's so much that people can learn from this. And I always like to try and end this with like a quote or something inspirational. So do you have like a quote that you like favorite quote that you can share or something just to kind of leave our listeners with, um, to, to get them thinking and, and really put them on the right path for living on purpose?
1: Um, I have so many, actually the one that comes to mind right now that, you know, If you're dealing with people in life, I don't care what it is, whether it's finance, insurance, marketing, it don't matter, right? Talk to the person. If they're talking more about themselves and always, you know, this is what I've done. This is how great I am. I did this and did this and did that. Honestly, people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And you need to live by that statement. So when you're dealing with other people, think to yourself, does that person truly care about me, right? Obviously, they have a life, a business, they need to have a transaction to feed their family. But prior to all that transaction, do they care about me? So the quote and phrase I would remind people is that people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care and if you apply that into people that you deal with, and then you also apply that to your dealings with others, whether it's in a job or as an entrepreneur, your life will be that much better.
0: I love that. That's a great quote. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. So
1: You're
0: how can people get a hold of you? Where would you like people to find out more about you? And if they're interested in, in getting some help from you and, and the services that you offer, where can we direct people to?
1: they can get a hold of me on my website best place to go it has all my social media links at the bottom of the uh, of the, uh the screen the first screen um it's give a com. so giveahec com. so give and you can book an appointment with me on there you can check out my my book you can check out my podcast my financial education and financial services there's portals for everything um you can check me out there it's the it's one stop shop you don't have to remember any emails nothing just go to giveaheck.com
0: yes awesome well i highly recommend you check it out um there's obviously something on there for everyone whether it's a book or, you know, booking a call with you or listening to your podcast. I think there's so much that we can continue to learn from you and just want to thank you for your time today and and really appreciate you um, sharing your story and sharing all of your knowledge with us on this episode.
1: Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.